0: Hello and welcome to Healing From Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki master energy teacher and author of the newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Messages to Support Global Awakening, which share stories to show us our challenges are not merely economic, political, or societal, but a deep disconnect from our inner soul wisdom and universal source. I am delighted today to welcome Connie Zweig, a retired psychotherapist and former executive editor at Jeremy P. Torture Publishing and author of The Inner Work of Age, Shifting from Role to Soul, which suggests that with extended longevity comes the opportunity to become an elder to leave behind past roles, shift from work in the outer world to inner work uh, with the soul, and become authentically who you really are. Hello, Connie, and thank you for joining me on Healing from Within to talk about opportunities for our aging population and seniors to appreciate the gift of longevity and the benefits as well as challenges that this offers.
1: Thank you for having me, Cheryl. I would say that we
0: are all aging. Of course. Change, <laughs> you know. is, change is what we're all about, what, yes. what our soul and what our being, to refine ourselves and to become more aware. Sure, we're always changing. Connie, as listeners of Healing From Within are well aware, my intuitive creative guess offer intimate views into the dual nature of life as both our physical and divine aspects offer a view of all that is. Some may some may be seen, more may be felt or remembered by inner soul instincts, but life is definitely much more than it appears to be. And when we discover who we truly are, the opportunities to live lives of distinction an extraordinary joy becomes available to us. So, in other words, we must look beyond the belief systems and societal training to a sense of truth, of eternal dimension, and fact, to grow more aware and reach higher levels of consciousness. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Connie Zweig will offer a radical. Reimaging of age for all generations, showing us how to use inner work to uncover and explore the unconscious denial and resistance that erupts around key threshold of later life issues, helping us to then attune one's soul longing and offering a way uh, to a transition uh, to becoming a wise elder. Often in doing that, you repair the past to be fully present, reclaim creativity, and allow morality and mortality to be a teacher and a force for change in the lives of yourself and others. Connie, I always love to ask my amazing guest to think back to their earlier days, their childhood perhaps, and remember a person, place, event, a common theme in their life that may have shown them or others around them the work, lifestyle, and interests they might pursue as an adult. For I sense that within our heart is our life plan and destiny, and it began to fulfill itself immediately upon our being born. So think back. Well,
1: for me, Cheryl, there was always a sense of longing for something more, and I remember it as a child. Um, I was not raised with religious teachings, so I didn't have a framework for it. Um, but I knew that there was something greater, and that was what I wanted to connect with and I just intuitively knew that,
0: and that you know, long you know, Connie, I was exactly the same i had a deep longing to know more and no matter what i learned there was always something missing in the puzzle that i was trying to build from all the pieces of people's lives reactions feelings uh an awareness that we were much more than they were telling us we were or than <laughs> we were allowed to perceive perhaps by people who had their own fears and limitations right and we we wanted to go beyond that but we just didn't know how to do it as children yes yeah, so thank you for saying that we had a very much similar beginning now you so have yes
1: go on i came to understand that as the whisper of my soul the restlessness of my soul because it wasn't cognitive, it wasn't even really emotional. It was a, a restless yearning. And as I grew up and moved through the lifespan and studied psychology and then studied spiritual practices, I, I had frames for it. I began to have more understanding of it. And eventually I actually wrote my Ph.D. dissertation on the holy longing which is a poem by Gutta. It's a beautiful poem that really spoke to this feeling in me. And so this longing became my guide, and I followed it. You could say even I obeyed it.
0: Yes. We were called to do something, and we answered the call. Many are called, but not everybody answers it. That's beautiful. Absolutely lovely. Now, you had a successful career teaching and writing about the shadow. Can you define that for us and how you became interested in this topic?
1: So the shadow is the name given to the personal unconscious by Carl Jung, who was an early uh, psychiatrist in the founding days of psychology and um, I became interested in the shadow through my own dreams and trying to understand my dreams. And then I was in publishing, and I decided to put together an anthology called Meeting the Shadow with all kinds of experts writing about the unconscious. And the book was such a hit that I realized that people were wanted to understand themselves more in this way, that this was a useful Framework And so then I authored a book with a colleague called Romancing the Shadow, which is all about how to work with the unconscious part that sabotages us in our daily relationships, in our intimate relationships and families, at work, on friendships and so forth. And eventually I kind of thought, I I wrote some other books, but I thought that would be, I I thought I was done writing. And then as I entered my late 60s and began to think about retiring from clinical practice, because I was a therapist for 35 years, um, I started to feel disoriented again, and I was tuning into my shadow, and I was getting all these messages about. Fears of aging and uh, loss of orientation, and what was I going to do with this time in my life? And I re- started looking for books to read, and there was nothing about the unconscious process around aging. Absolutely nothing. So we call, in my training, we call that depth psychology or Jungian psychology, and I realized that I had another book to write. And so the inner work of age is about the internal unconscious obstacles that we have as we approach later life, I would say 50 and later, after midlife, and how to break free of them, and how to age as a spiritual practice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Aging, like everything in life, is personal, individual, and unique as is each living being, and you write, Our quality of late life is lived individually, not as a group. It can be more than accommodation of change, it can mean overcoming fears, developing fresh aptitudes, cle- cleaning up toxic relationships, living more in the present moment, and transcending the ego, allowing it to take a back seat. So that life opens to an intuitive flow it can be a time to mind the goal from the dark side reclaiming unfulfilled dreams and expressing unrealized talents and that is part of being a soul having a physical life that's what we were born to do we're here to refine our energy remember who we are as spiritual beings and Sometimes it happens earlier for people, but those who find it, as you said, around 50 and on, have every opportunity uh, to appreciate themselves and life and all their experiences, beyond good or bad, right or wrong, just as experiences that were part of their awakening. Now, you know, I have to agree that uh, I never thought about age I still don't think too much about it, and I think about possibilities always for new awareness and chances to make different choices and experience life with new uh, perceptions. And I remember when I was going through menopause, I never anticipated having emotional or physical pain or be upset because my mother had never shown or spoken of being unhappy at any time in her life. And so, because I didn't think it was difficult, I just accepted it, and it went well, because our thoughts are very important in creating the experience we're going to have. So that's what we want to learn. We want to create our thoughts to always bring forth a reaction that will be uplifting, loving, and healthy in its own way. Not that everything is good or bad, but to just learn to allow and accept things. So that's what that's how I feel about aging also. It's I had a mother in law who used to say aging is not for the faint of heart or for sissies <laughs> because there are many challenges. We we can agree to that. So you know, uh, the process yeah. that you're describing about menopause is a
1: process of modeling. So you saw your mother have a certain experience, and you internalized that. Yes. And it gave you a positive image of what it was like to transition through menopause. And this is what happens with ageism in our culture. Because we don't have too many positive models of elders, and what it really means to be a wise elder, we internalize negative messages from the media, movies, books, Mm -hmm. from our housing situations, from our doctors, from our um, education, from our politics, and we internalize those negative images, and then unconsciously we anticipate a terrible time of life. Nothing but decline and illness and death. And that's what's been happening in Western culture since we lost the connection to elders that indigenous cultures had. So now there's a positive aging movement of people trying to reverse that narrative and really um, teach and advocate for all of the potential all of the possibilities for these extra decades that we now have. But what I'm saying is if we focus only on the positive, that's unrealistic because there are a lot of problems in later life, some physical, some mental, some financial. And so my, my effort is to try to hold the whole enchilada, the whole truth, of what this stage of life is about and how do we, how do we use that as our curriculum to grow and continue to develop into higher stages of awareness? How do we make aging our curriculum? Because if our goal is evolution or development, as you're saying, if our intention is greater awareness, we've got to use the the experiences that we're given to move beyond ego, to make the shift from role to soul. And that's a phrase that Ram Dass coined, and I borrowed it from him. And it means to me, how do we shift our unconscious identification from what we do, which is what this culture is all about. You go to a party, and the first thing you ask is, what do you do? People are identified with success and accomplishment and jobs and all that, to who we really are, our true spiritual nature. And how do we learn how to identify with that? We learn through spiritual practice, contemplative practice, from any tradition. And like you just said, it's not about belief. It's about experience, yes. about the direct experience of who we are in meditation or in prayer or in contemplation, the direct experience. And so that's what my book is about, and it's filled with practices to give people um, the sense of a rite of passage, how to go through the stage of life after midlife to really become an elder and develop emotionally, cognitively, morally, and spiritually from
0: old to soul. Absolutely. And Connie, you show us the way to go from senior to elder in a process that people who are given the gift, and it is a gift, of a, any life is a gift, but the gift of a long life, they have the opportunity to explore and allow themselves to evolve beyond the business of their earlier life, which was filled with obligation and survival needs, And I have observed the nature of life in our communities at the very present time, what's happening all around us now, which needs to be addressed. And in my book, A New Life Awaits, I shared this feeling and and I wrote, as I observe this continuous chain of friction among people, nations, and our major institutions within families, and observe increasing numbers of natural disasters, war, genocide, terrorists, people waging war with themselves, and succumbing to addiction, alcoholism, drugs, and other self-defeating illnesses, and people who simply feel disempowered, overwhelmed, and unable to participate in living their daily lives with vitality. I like to remember that these seemingly disheartening events are simply the means to begin to know the many layers and dimensions of self, life and change and our efforts to move us from pain to pleasure and eventually our spiritual afterlife. Changing attitudes and perceptions to embrace a higher awareness of eternal nature allows us to shift to working cooperatively for the good of all, improving life now. And later. So I feel elders, through spiritual practice and reflection, are able to observe society and its needs, and we can leave a legacy of wisdom for those who follow to also find this path that you and I are talking about, and your book is about, and my book is about, to higher consciousness. It's within us, and it has to be spoken about, it has to be shared. And and it's not something people think about as they're trying to survive in their everyday life, right? But it is what life is all about. Finding. I know you questioned, who am I? Every seeker at some point in their life wants to know, who am I? Why am I here? What is life all about? And if you live long enough, you may find it. Some are lucky enough to find it before going through becoming an elder, Uh, but you and I have worked hard and long to develop all this awareness, Uh, and we're sharing it the best we can in our writing and talking today, right? Because it's the most Mm -hmm. important thing there is, to love yourself and to know yourself, and then, and only then, can you love others and life in all its complicated challenges. Right? Right? Yeah.
1: um, You know, my sense is that we're all lost in the moment of our experience. We're all either trying to make a foundation to survive or get emotional needs met um, or build a career and a family. And so we live in the moments without the context of the past and certainly the future and the greater possibilities for our development. But at some point, many people realize that that's not enough and that's not the purpose of our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think with that moment, you know, often at midlife, when I used to treat people um they would start to question, "Who am I, and what is what is most meaningful to me, and what really matters?" And those same questions recur later in life, whether it's with retirement, or illness, or a loss. Those same questions return, and I think if we can watch, or attune to ourselves, and watch for those moments, the pandemic has led many, many people to ask these questions. To really turn within, partly because we're so quarantined, we can't be so social like we used to be, and this has, you know, gone on for years now, and it's forced people to look at themselves. And whatever that means, whether it means picking up a creative project that you were putting off, finding a meditation practice, um you know, whatever that means to the individual, that those questions can guide us.
0: and, and they maybe, can us- yeah, and maybe that was the whole purpose to move us along in this spiritual evolution. Maybe that was the whole purpose of COVID, to give well, people a, a way to reevaluate the beauty and joy of living and life. And to reevaluate their values, maybe they need to change their job, maybe they need to leave a toxic relationship. Maybe they need to start a new um uh, how can I say hobby or something they just simply enjoy or want to share with other people, whatever it is, it will be good for them, and it will be good for the change and the growth that they're part of now, Tell us something about treasures. Of late life, you write about this, which are um the readiness to identify with higher consciousness. you know life has some later life has challenges, of course, with help and, as you said, finances and maybe finding too much time alone but uh it also has many treasures to offer, so what are some of those treasures?
1: Well, you know, if we can do a life review, and I teach this in the book, we can discover some of our lost dreams and talents, and we can reclaim them now. I mean, I've had people say to me, you know, I always wanted to paint. Now I'm retiring, I'm gonna learn how to paint. Or I wanted to write that novel and I didn't ever have time, and I'm going to do that now. It stayed with me, and he said, this man said, and if I don't write that novel, I will die with regret. Right. So one of the treasures is to ask yourself, what do I need to do now or say now to someone so that I don't die with regret? And another treasure is giving and receiving forgiveness.
0: Very important.
1: Reconciling our relationships in a way that they feel complete and we feel at peace. Either we let them go or we process them so that we feel cleared and complete. Another treasure is what I was saying about role to soul. You know, the spiritual traditions, every perennial mystical tradition teaches that this time of life, is about, it's not about more ego accomplishments. It's about connecting to something larger. This is where I started the conversation. My longing to connect with something larger, I now understand, is to connect with the transcendent or transpersonal spiritual realm and to live in that connection. And this is the time of life for that because we're not so busy and we may be slowing down, and we have the time to turn within. And so one of the treasures is letting go of the old identities and the old personas and becoming who we truly authentically are, our spiritual nature. And whether we call that soul or self or spirit or higher self, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. You can put this in your own language, but this is the time to connect with that on a daily basis and sit in that awareness until you really begin to embody it. And then we will have more spiritual elders on the planet who can reach out to other generations, who can engage in causes that matter to them with more awareness than they did in the past then we start to look collectively at a different situation. I mean, there are 70 million baby boomers. If even, you know, a third of those began to do daily spiritual practice and connect with the higher awareness, whatever we call it, pure awareness or emptiness or soul, whatever it is for you,
0: Mm -hmm. just Just imagine imagine what a different... You know, Connie, I I think it's happening. the The past twenty years, there has been so much interest in yoga and meditation, uh, in spiritual pursuits, and I I think it is happening, and it will lead people, uh, more people, to become like you and I, I elders, what like to become like you and I, elders. And I want to thank you, Connie Zweig, author of The Inner Work of Age, for a most comprehensive and complete way to understand aging and the journey from senior to elder, and uh, also offering a means for people to see past the way society or youth views late life to a more spiritual sense of time for the soul to assimilate the many experiences of this life and become free of the fear and anguish of trauma, depression or sadness and to fill their hearts beyond right or wrong and beyond the duality of life to the oneness of accepting themselves as the soul and also the physical being they are. For more awareness on how to face the twilight of life with positivity and purpose, go to... Kani Zweig, Z-W-E-I-G dot com, or Amazon dot com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have come to see that the keys or answers to problems are available in the light of awareness, awareness of the invisible or spiritual world. Becoming a sage or elder requires going beyond the confines of childhood societal training and the ego's point of view, which seeks the ego's objectives to appear okay, look good, feel in control, and get things done. We have found that this identification with only our physical world limits our growth and and doesn't allow us to have human maturity and soul identification. Kani writes every spiritual tradition teaches that the ego is a construct of the mind that serves us well in our midlife heyday but eclipses our deeper identity whether that is called our Christ nature Buddha nature Atman self or spirit I use the word soul to refer to this essence the aspect of every human being that is not small Or separate like ego but connects us to the universal spirit nature of everything our our identity or self sense at any moment can be rooted in ego or rooted in soul it's not what we're doing but how we're doing and our state of mind that makes the difference Connie and I now into our late life journey and hope to be an elder have found that life in any stage is a gift and we are all on a spiritual path whether we know it or not for we are all spiritual beings having a physical life in order to remember what is hidden deep within our heart and soul essence that love compassion and hope for learning loving and living is at the forefront to bringing heaven to earth and enjoying life rather than merely wading through the challenges. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within and author of A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening. And I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read and listen to leaders in the metaphysical, scientific, spiritual, medical, psychology, legal, education, and arts and music fields share their fascination and dedication to uncovering the mystery of life in all aspects, both physical and spiritual. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.